to stop that. And when Michael's ready, we'll, we'll start it. Five, four, three, two, one. Go. Welcome to another class in Hal Lebanon, Avenue as the corner of East Night. Thank you for everybody that comes. Thank you to Jerich Radio, Torah, Anytime listeners and viewers. Please download the app and follow us so we could um, grow together and learn more Torah together. We're continuing our discussion of the holy project that Abraham Abinu takes upon himself to bring people back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to make people aware of Hashem, because as we know in this time, people didn't even know who ran the world. They thought it was the sun, and the moon, and Nimrod, and the stars. I brought a paper over here from Rav Mordechai of Kozmir. He says something beautiful about the Pasuk that we say in Tehillim, Sabuni kitborim b'shem Adonai ki amilam. The literal meaning of the Pasuk is that David Amelech is saying, when I have enemies surrounding me like bees, kitburim, and they're like fiery thorns around me, I just say Hashem's name and Hashem gets rid of them. But Rav Mordechai of Kazmi says, If a person sees that he has judgment upon him. It's surrounding him, the judgment is surrounding him like bees, like fiery thorns. He says, I want to get rid of judgment. I want to have sweet mercy upon me. I want to use Hashem's name, Hashem Hashem. I want to use Hashem's name to get rid of them. Always remember that you have the zakut, you have the merit, you have the power of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and in that merit you can get rid of all your judgment. He says how? When can I start to emulate what my forefathers went through? Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. So now let's understand the Pasuk in a different way. When I have judgment around me, when I have trouble surrounding me, with Hashem's name, I can get rid of them. The word amilam means get rid of them. But the word amilam is also an acronym for Always remind yourself, when can I walk in the ways of my forefathers? Maybe I have to emulate and copy my forefathers. When you remember that, you don't have any more harsh decrees, no more judgment around you, no more judgment surrounding you. So when we learn the story of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, it's not only that we're learning it because it's a story, it's for us to understand when we copy the Abotenu HaKedoshim, when we copy Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and understand what they went through and how they were able to get rid of all their problems, with that way we're able to get rid of all our problems. Now we know Parashat Vayira starts off on the third day of Abraham Avinu's Brit Milah. It was also Pesach time. Hashem, in order not to bother Abraham, because Abraham, Abraham couldn't live without doing Chesed. Chesed Abraham. Abraham is all, oh, he personifies Chesed. He is Chesed, he is kindness, he is mercy. So 
when Hashem sees that Abraham is in a lot of pain, he's in too much pain, so Hashem takes the cover off the sun, makes a scorcher, in order to, for people not to walk in the, in the desert, so Abraham Abinu won't have to get out of his tent in order to greet visitors because that's what he did every single day. However, Abraham Abinu has such agmat nefesh. He was so depressed because he said, even if I'm in pain, even yes, it's not comfortable for me, but for me to pass a day, for me to pass a day without doing chesed, it's not a day. I want to read you what Rabbi Kadosh Mekubrin says. He says, Every single day, you should do an act of kindness with someone else. Don't let one day pass you without doing chesed. A day that you do not do kindness with someone else is not counted as a day for you as a Yehud. Excuse me, as a Yehudi. The Shalah HaKadosh says, Now we all want Segulot. We all want Panasa. We all want Shalom Bayit. We all want Beracha. So the Shalah HaKadosh says, it depends on how much kindness you do down here. It depends on how much kindness you do down here. Then Hashem will do kindness above there. It's all depending on you. When you do acts of chesed, acts of rahamim, you extract the chesed from shamayim, you bring it down to the aretz. Therefore, every single day, you should do kindness with one another. With your body, with your money, or with your soul, as we explained many times, just hearing a person out from his troubles is chesed enough. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. Things will pick up. Things will be okay. It's not the end of the world. Hashem still loves you. When you do kindness, abundance of chesed, of mercy, of kindness is showered upon you from shamayim. So again, it depends on you. It depends on how much chesed you do, then the chesed Hashem will give you. So Abraham Abinu says to himself, for me to stay inside my house and to let a day pass me without doing chesed, it's not a day. I have to do chesed. So the Pasuk starts off by saying, As we know, Abraham Abinu had three friends, Anir, Ishkol, and Mamre. When the commandment from Hashem came to do a Brit Milah, Abraham Abinu takes advice from his three close friends, Anir, Ishkol, and Mamre. Well, Anir and Ishkol ended up being not so loyal friends because they said there's no point to do Brit Milah. Why should you afflict yourself? You're right, your God told you to do it, but why should you afflict yourself and to have blood? There's no point to listen to him. Mamre. Why is it called Mamre? Mamre is Rashi Tebot, an acronym. Maher Maler Son Abicha. Right away, go and do the Brit Milah. So Abraham Abinu says, if the other two friends didn't give me a good advice, and this one did, where am I going to put my camp in? In his territory. Where did Hashem reveal himself to Abraham? Be'elone Mamre. In the tents of Mamre, which means in the, in the plain, 
not plain in the sky, plain of Mamre. The Ohei Bisrael of Apatah says something beautiful. He says, why does the Pasuk have to tell us that Abraham Abinu made his camp in the territory of Mamre? He says, Perush, shekol ka chaya Abraham Abinu ala v'shalom shafel be'anei atzmo. Abraham Abinu was so modest. He didn't mahshid himself. He didn't value himself at all. Ad shehashab belibo shehu eno ra'uy lehashra'at ha-shekhinah. He says, me? Hashem is going to reveal himself on me? I'm not worthy. Rak mamrehu at sadiq. You know why Hashem is really revealing himself to me here? It's because of mamre, because of my friend, because of the advice he gave me. He's the real sadiq. But me? I'm not a sadiq. Hashem is revealing himself really to him. And by the way, because he's revealing himself to mamre, he so happens to pass upon me. Abal ani... But me, I didn't reach this level. What does the Pasuk say? Where is Abraham Abinu sitting? He's sitting outside his tent. Which means he felt himself that he's always on the outside. He felt as much as I do, it's not enough. I still didn't even... You know, as they say, break the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg. I didn't break it. How are you? Miss you. Everything good? I still didn't even reach the tip of the iceberg. You know why Hashem is revealing Himself to me? Because of memory. But me? What a lesson to learn from this Pasuk. Never say to yourself, I did enough. I learned today enough. I prayed enough. I did enough chesed. If Abraham Abinu feels himself, I still didn't do anything. I'm still sitting outside the tent. Who are we to say to ourselves, what I did is enough. There's a Daka I did, it's enough. The Torah I learned today, it's enough. He says, And this is the way of all Sadiqim. This is the way they think. Even though they serve Hashem their whole life, in kol zelid malahem belibam, Yes, I've been serving Hashem my whole life, been doing Torah and Mizvot my whole life, been learning Torah my whole life. I still didn't do anything. So now we have three Ma'achim. As we know, the Mechael, Mechael, Raphael, and Gabriel. Now we know, why do we need three angels to come visit Abraham? Well, Mechael is coming to tell Abraham Abinu, that next year, this time, you will have a son, Yitzhak. Excuse me, Yitzhak. Another Malach, which is Rafael, is coming to heal Abraham. So now we understand why they both have to come to Abraham. However, Gabriel Rabotai, Gabriel is coming to wreak havoc in Sedom. If his whole mission is to go to Sedom to destroy Sedom, what business do you have in Abraham Abinu's Ohel? You understand the question? Michael will understand because he has to give the good news to Abraham. So he has to come to Abraham. Raphael, he has to come to Abraham. Why? Raphael, he has to come to Abraham. Why? Because he has to heal Abraham. However, Gabriel, Gabriel, you have no business in Abraham Abinu's tent. Your whole mission why you came down from Shamayim is to go and destroy Sedom. If that's the case, what are you doing by Abraham? Question understood? This is the question we have to tackle tonight. 
We have to understand what is Malad Gabriel doing by Abraham Avinu's tent if his whole mission is to destroy Sodom. If your whole mission is to destroy Sodom, I asked the question to somebody this morning, he tells me because he doesn't want to come alone. He doesn't want to go to Sodom alone. I said, you're right. He doesn't end up going to Sodom alone. He goes with Malach Raphael, with Malach Michael. He ends up going with another Malach, Mahlokit, whether it was Michael or Raphael. But Gabriel ends up going with another Malach. I understand that. But why come to Abraham Abinu in the first place? And there's another question I want to ask. I saw this in the Sefer Zerah Shimshon. The Sefer Zerah Shimshon says, the Zegemara Masechet Baba Batra Davtet Zayin. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai taught us, Eben Toba Haitat Teluya Betzavarosh El Abraham Avinu. Ever see those people and they walk around with a big bling? They walk around with a big necklace? Abraham Avinu had one of those necklaces. You know what it was? It was a gem. Everyone that looked, that gazed, on this, gazed upon this necklace, Shekol Chole Haro'e Ota, Miyad Mitrape. You just have to look at this necklace, at the stone, right away, no more disease, no more sorrow, no more problems. Right away, instant refu'ah. So the Zerah Shimshon says, so Abraham, you're in pain, you're in agony, you're in, it's, it's killing you from the Brit Milah. You have a necklace right here. Just pick up the necklace, look at the necklace, no more pain, bye-bye pain. Why don't you do that, the Zerah Shimshon asks. Beautiful question. He brings the answer of many rabbis, and then he gives his insight. So his insight was, you're right, Abraham Abinu did give this necklace for everyone to look at. But he, he wanted to go through pain. Because there's a klal, there's a rule. Lefum sa'ara agra. As much as the pain is, therefore the reward will be as much as the pain is. Which means he said, yes, you're right. I had brit milah, I could look at the stone, I could look at, look at this necklace. I won't be in pain anymore. But he says, that's not, what, that's not what I want. Forget about what Hashem wants. That's not what I want. I want to go through pain to always remind myself, if I have to be in pain just to listen to Hashem, I will do that. That's what it means serving Hashem. You don't serve Hashem only when it's good for you, when it's comfortable for you. Look, I'm sure all of you had a hard time with parking. Yes, that's, that's the kunz. That's what it is. When you have a hard time with parking and you come and you say, it's too much, I can't find parking, let me go back home. Oh, you just missed the whole point. Abraham Abinu says, even when there's no parking, even when it's cold outside, even when the forecast says it's going to snow, and you still go to class, oh, that's what Hashem wants. Yes, I could use the stone. I could, I could heal myself. But I don't want to do that. That's the first answer he gives. The second answer he gives, he says, you know what's going to happen if Abraham Abinu heals himself with the stone? Everyone around him will say, Abraham, eh, what's a Brit Milah? You going and telling everybody, Brit Milah is amazing, you have to do Brit Milah, you have to circumcise yourself, you have to listen to Hashem. What is it? You didn't even go through any pain. You didn't even feel it. What, what, what is this whole, you know, when you, when you talk something up, you have to say, you go through pain, but then the reward for it is amazing. Now Abraham, you know, heals himself with a stone, they say, what kind of pain did you go through? You didn't even feel anything. What kind of bit milah are you talking about? Why should we listen to you, Abraham? So many lessons we can learn from this parasha, but don't worry, all these lessons will come and click together for Shem in the end of the class. So now Abraham Abinu tells them, you I have to take a little bit of water because I have to clean your feet. We know that she says, why does Abraham Abinu care about cleaning their feet? I mean, when you have a guest come into your house, the first thing you don't tell them is, you know, 
maybe you say take off your shoes. And some people don't like shoes in the house, it's understandable. But you don't say take off your shoes and your socks, go clean them in the bathtub, and then you're able to walk in the house. It's funny because I was looking at a house one time in, uh, in Deal, New Jersey when we first got married, and the owners were Korean. Now, even before we got into the house, they say, would you mind taking off your shoes? I said, no problem. They said, you have socks on? I said, yes. They said, can you slip these on? I said, what, what are these? They had like certain, you know, not Crocs, but they're like uh, Chinese slippers, well, Korean slippers in, uh, for them. Korean slippers you have to slip on before you even look at the house. It was a nice house. Obviously, I didn't end up getting it because we, didn't, we decided not to move to the New Jersey for other reasons. But uh, people, are, you know, when it comes to cleanliness in the house, oh, but you think Abraham Abinu really cares about cleanliness in the house? He doesn't care. Abraham Abinu had guests from all walks of life. So what is Abraham Abinu saying? Please clean your feet before entering my tent. And by the way, they never ended up entering his tent. They stayed outside. They're encamping under the, under the tree. They don't end up going inside the tent. But he says, clean your feet. Rashi says something beautiful. Now she says, you know why Abraham Abinu wants them to clean their feet? Because he thinks they're Arabs. And in that time, in their day, the Arabs used to worship the dust on their feet. And he says, me, Abraham Abinu, to bring Abu Dazara inside my tent? No way, no how. First clean your feet from the dust of the Abu Dazara, and then you're able to go inside. So let me ask you a question. How could it be that someone worships the dust of his feet. What kind of ridiculous thing is that? What kind of mijnun insanity is that? I'm worshipping the dust on my feet? So there's a sefer called Tit'er the Shabbat. He says something so amazing. We know that when you walk in the street, you should not walk with large, big strides. Which means, don't walk, you know, like a fendi. Walk like that. You should walk anav. You should walk modestly. You should walk with your feet together. Don't walk in big strides. The Gemara says if a person does walk, it's called Pisi'agasa. If a person does walk, does walk with these big strides, with these Pisi'agasa, notel ahat mehamesh me'ot me'or enash al-adam. One five hundred percent of his vision will be decreased if you walk in these large strides. Oh, let's say I didn't walk with Pisi'agasa. When do I get my vision back? He says, the Gemara says, when you make a douche on the wine on Friday night, your vision that you lost by walking during the week comes back. So the Sefer Tib'et Shabbat says something beautiful. He says, what does it mean when a person walk, walks with large strides with Pisi'od Gasot? Now usually when people walk with Pisi'od Gasot, they're showing that they value themselves a lot. You know, look at me. I entered the room. Look who I am. And he says in the Sefer Tibet of Shabbat, He thinks it's because of my wisdom, because of my ability, because of my knowledge and my connections, that's why I have everything going for me. He forgets that it's Hashem giving him everything. He says, it's only Hashem. It's only Hashem giving you what you have. 
וכל מה שהאדם עושה בשיעות גסות, when you make large strides, סובל כי כל מה שירוץ יותר, ירוויח יותר. Why does a person make large strides? Why does a person run? Because he says, if I don't open my store exactly 8 o'clock on the dot, I lose boons. I lose customers. And I have to stay late. I have to keep on pumping the business. It's okay. So I miss class. So big deal. So I miss class. But listen, money is very important. So you keep on running. You keep on making large strides. You keep on doing because you think that it's you that's doing everything. He says, you know what happens? You lose your vision, which means you don't realize, you don't see the truth. The truth is, it's that Hashem giving you everything, but you end up being blind to that fact. He says, you know when you get it back? You know when you get your vision back? By Kiddush on Friday night. What do you say on Kiddush Friday night? Hey, Hashem is doing everything. Hashem created the heavens, Hashem created the earth, Hashem created everything, Hashem created the world. Why do I have to run after Parnassah? Doesn't Hashem know how much Parnassah I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to have? So he says, that's what it means when Abraham Abinu is saying the Arabs they're bowing down, they're worshipping the dust on their feet. Which means, it's not only Arabs. When you stay and work late, and you miss class, because you think the more I work, the more Hashem is going to give me. When you skip out on tefillah in the morning, when it's not Alein al-Shabayah, when it's tefillah al-Derev, because you can't just wait just to leave. And it's always funny, the people that run out of shul, because you know the hazan is taking such a long time, you always see them eating breakfast. Oh, but tefillah, you didn't have time. But to make your bagel with cream cheese, you had time, right? Oh, what kind of bagel did you have today? Oh, everything. Onion, papi. What, what happened to Alem Shabaya? Well, Alem Shabaya is okay. But in order to get your papi bagel with, with locks and cream cheese, it's okay. Yeah, eat locks and cream cheese. It's okay? He says, when you skip out on tefillah in the morning, and when you skip out on tefillah in the night, or you skip out on shi'ur in the night because you're running, you're worshipping the dust of your legs. Of your feet. It's not only Arabs. You're worshipping the best of your feet. Abraham Abinu says, For a person to think like that has no business in my tent. Because my whole project is to make people realize everything comes from Hashem. You're not doing anything. Oh, you think it's you that's doing it? You're worshipping the dust of your legs, of your feet. No business in my tent. That's what the Sefer Tif'et Shabbat says. I want to tell you a story that happened with Rabbi Levi Yitzhak of Bredichov. He used to have in a class a person, a Talmid, that used to come only because he wanted to badger the rabbi with questions. You know, you always have those guys that they're not, they're not coming to learn. They're only coming to ask ridiculous questions. However, this one didn't ask ridiculous questions. He knew what he was saying. Because he had so much ga'ava. He had so much hoariness. Which means he had so much dirt on his feet. He had so much abak, so much dust, that he thought he wasn't ba'alali, as they say. He thought he was so up there. He used to ask the rabbi, Oh, rabbi, I understand what you're saying, but what about the Gemara here? Rabbi, I understand what you're saying, but what about the Tzafot here? So the rabbi, he was very patient with him, Rabbi Yisak and You're right. Amazing question. Very good question. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. Maybe you could come to me afterwards, and I can explain it to you. The students of the rabbi didn't appreciate it. 
You're bothering the rabbi. Let the rabbi finish his speech. You can't even get two words in without you asking him. So they come over to him and they say, you think you're smarter than the rabbi? He says, look, I don't want to say it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know more than the rabbi. Oh, so really? What do you know exactly more than the rabbi? So he says, whatever you ask me, I know. Zohar, Midrash, Gemara, Tanakh, Dikduk, whatever you want. I know, I'm your man. I don't know why you have him as a rabbi. So he said, okay, maybe you can't get one up on the rabbi, but there is a rabbi that knows more than you, and his name is Rabbi Baruch of Mezibuj. So Rabbi Baruch of Mezibuj, let me give you a little history. He was the son of Adel, the daughter of the Baal Shem Tov. Okay? So he was very close, family member of Rabbi Nachman of Brasil. Again, we're not here to learn history, but just to, uh, for you must understand who he is. So he said, go to Rabbi Baruch of Mezibuj. He says, oh, he, he thinks he's smarter than me. He said, look, I don't lose anything. Go to him. So he said, but does he know Zohar? I only know, go, because I have a very strong question on the Zohar. If he could explain to me the question on the Zohar, then I'll admit that he knows more than me. He said, he knows Zohar, he knows Gemara. Don't worry, just go to him. So Rab Baruch of Mejibuz, as we know, had Ruach HaKodesh. He opened up his Zohar Sefer to the exact question this person wanted to ask him on the Zohar. This person comes inside the office of the rabbi. The rabbi says, yes, can I help you? So, yeah, they said that you know more than me. So, you know, you mind if I ask you a question? So the rabbi says, one second. Before you ask me a question, I want to ask you a question. There's a Gemara Masechet Nidad Aflamid that says, when a baby is in his mother's womb, the Malach comes and teaches him the whole Torah. Seconds before he leaves the womb, the Malach comes, he hits him here, and he makes him forget the whole Torah. So the rabbi is asking this man that thinks knows that, that he thinks he knows everything. I want to ask you, what's the point of teaching him if he's going to make him forget afterwards? So the rabbi said, "Don't answer me. I'll answer you." Because for a person to always remember that it's Hashem giving him the knowledge, it's not him. And if for a second a person thinks that it's his knowledge and not Hashem, he will forget everything. The rabbi finished saying those words. This guy forgot everything. Not only didn't he know the question on the Zohar, he didn't know how to read the Zohar. Open the Zohar like this. So the rabbi says, finished. We say every day, Every single day you give us knowledge. Not you gave us and that's it and we go on autopilot. No, each and every single day, if not for Hashem, we don't have anything in our lives. He says, if you understand that, I'll give you your knowledge back. He says, Rabbi, please, please, okay. And I admit, you know more than me. I'm Ephes, I'm nothing. Rabbi says, okay, now I can give you knowledge back. When you understand that everything comes from Hashem, it's not you. There's another story with the Hayat. So we're now trying to understand exactly what it means when a person worships and bows down to the dust of his feet. When he thinks that it's his feet, that's his knowledge, his connections, his doing, his everything, that's the one that's giving him. That means you're worshiping the dust of your feet. Hashem doesn't want that. That's called ga'ava. It's called holiness. There's a story that happened in Mogilnisa, which is uh, in Poland. Excuse me if I don't pronounce it correctly. If, any, if we have anybody here from Poland, tell me how to pronounce it correctly. But last I checked, it was called Mogilnisa. Of a hayat, of a tailor by the name of Monish. Now this Monish, he was very good as a, at his trade, at his profession. He, he was unbelievable. He was amazing. He was the best in this class. 
and he used to tailor suits for people, he used to tailor clothes for people, and he appreciated it. Word got to the king, and the king said, I'm looking for a tailor. You're my guy, you're my man. Come to me, whatever you want, don't worry. You name your price, you name your wage, your salary, I'll be willing to give it to you. Now this man was very close with the rabbi over there, Rabbunim of Peshisha. Rabbunim of Peshisha, he asked the rabbi, can I go and work for the king? He said, no, why not? You're not doing anything wrong. As long as you don't work on Shabbat, Yom Tov, and he's paying you well, you can go. So now this man goes and works for the king. Every suit that he tells for the king, every article of clothing, ah, vijenin, this is beautiful, unbelievable. And the king and his wife and the, and the queen, they love it. And mind you, this whole time he still maintains very good connection with Rabunim of However, the king gave him a lot of power. And as we know, with great power comes great haughtiness. I know you're going to say responsibility, but for this story, with great power comes great holiness. And he started feeling and believing and thinking that he's the best tailor around. Nobody, uh, look at me. After all, the king chose me. If you were better than me, the king would choose you. So if you want to say he started worshipping the dust of his feet, it's me, it's not God, it's not Hashem, it's my knowledge. He's called to the king one day and the king says, look, I have all my... Uh, colleagues coming from Paris. And, you know, I want you to tell us some clothing for my wife and I, for the queen, and the queen and the king, the king and the queen. Please, maybe you could tell us some clothing. Bring them down the runway, you know. Show us your best. Show us your best clothes. She says, okay, give me a week. I'll come back. Okay, sure enough, he takes the money. He comes back after a week. He gives it to the king. The king looks at it. This is disgusting. This is what you give the king? And you want me to present this to my colleagues in Paris? I'll be in ridicule, I'm mocking. I'll be, I'll be ridiculed in front of them. No way, no how. You take them back, you have exactly one week to come back to me, and I want fresh new clothes. This is disgusting. How dare you bring this to me? He doesn't know what to do. He looks at them, and they're unbelievable clothes. Who wouldn't want to wear these, let alone a king? He goes to his rabbi, Rabbi Nuna, and he says, Rabbi, Here's what happened. What's going on? So the rabbi said, look at my eyes. Look at me. You have a lot of holiness. You think that it's your knowledge making the clothes. You think that it's you making the clothes. You don't acknowledge that it's Hashem. You don't realize that it's Hashem giving you. It was Hashem that sent you to the king. It was Hashem that brought you up to this point. Why don't you realize that? Rabbi, you're right. I fell victim. Please, Rabbi, help me. He says, take the clothes, the same exact clothes, give it to the king. So now if he was confused, he's even more confused. He says, Rabbi, take the same clothes and give it to the king. He said, you can't tell me your advice, right? That's what I tell you. You know, many people go to the rabbi for advice. The rabbi tells them something and they're not happy. So why would you come to me in the first place? You came to me for advice, right? And I gave you advice. Oh, but no. So why would you come to me? So he said, why'd you come to me? I gave you advice. Take the same articles of clothing. Go back to the king and queen. Sure enough, he goes after a week. He goes to the king and queen. The king looks at them. He says, oh, beautiful clothes. And this guy, he really lost it. The king said, this is so beautiful. This is what I wanted. From here we learn that if any second, if any minute in your life you think that it's you in your business, you in your house, you in your life, Hashem has means to take it away from you in a minute, in a second. 
That's what it means when they were worshipping the dust of their, of their feet. Because it says in the Pasuk, Hen vechabod miten Hashem. Hen, graciousness, and kabod, and honor only comes from Hashem. You know, many times you see people, you see two people, they're doing the same exact thing, same exact profession, same exact, they have a store right next to each other. You see customers in the store, and you see the other store, nobody. What's the answer? There is no answer. It's only Hashem. It's not you. You know, I know people, they don't even know how to sign their name. And yet they're, 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 they're doing riches. They have billions of dollars. They don't even know how to sign their name. You know what they do? Every time they go to the bank, they put their finger on the ink pad, and that's, it's called a basma in Arabic. That's a, what's it called? Basma, right? That's all, a fingerprint. That's, what is a fingerprint? That's, that's all I know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to sign my name. Two words you don't know how to write. But they have money. How? It's not you, Habibi. The minute you think it's you, be careful. The minute you think it's you and you have holiness and you have ga'ava, Hashem takes it away. That's what it means when, you, when you're worshipping, when you're bowing down to the dust of your feet. The Be'er Yosef says something beautiful. What is Abraham Abinu trying to hint to them when he tells them, you kahna me'at mayin, and I want you to lean under the tree. Abraham Abinu is telling them, oh, so you're worshipping the dust of your feet. You think you're able to do everything? Let me see you. Can you even make a droplet of water? One drop, that's all I want. You kahna me'at mayin, he says. A little bit of water. Can you make one droplet of water? I want you to sit under the tree. Can you make one fruit? Now you're going to tell me, of course, I put a seed. Can you make a seed? Can you make a seed? Forget about cloning and DNA and all the machinery today. We're talking about Abraham Abinu's time. Can you make one seed? And even for today, can you make anything without a shame? Can you make a child without a shame? Yeah, you tell me there's in vitro fertilization and there's mission. Yeah, but at the end of the day, who was it? Who brought all this technology? Who brought all this medicine to the world? It's all Hashem. You can't do anything. The minute you think it's you, Hashem has his means to take it away from you. The Abneha Makom says, why, why is Abraham Abinu saying, you kahna me'at ma'im? Because in ma'im, in la Torah. We know every time in the Torah it says the word ma'im, it's another hint to the Torah. So Abraham Abinu says, you want to get rid of the dust from your, from your feet? You want to stop worshipping yourself? You want to stop having ga'ava and holiness? All it needs is me'at ma'in. All it needs, you know, sometimes you see people that all it takes is one class. All it takes is one class or one line or one story and they shape their whole life. 180, total 180. They flip everything around. Why? Me'at ma'in. That's the power of Torah. That's the beauty of Torah. All you need is me'at ma'im, Abraham Abinu is telling them. Now mind you, Abraham Abinu the whole time thinks they're Arabs. Not malachim. Arabs, he thinks they're Arabs. Why? Hashem wants him to think they're Arabs. Why? We'll see exactly right now. The Sifteh HaChamim says, Abraham Abinu goes and gets three cows. Why does Abraham Abinu get three cows? Why is not one cow enough? Because he wants to give each malach, each Arab, each visitor, his own cow, because he wants to give him his own tongue. Not any tongue, tongue with mustard. Abraham said, by the way, tongue, forget pastrami, salami, bologna. Junk compared to tongue. Tongue is a delicacy. Tongue is, oh, 
go to uh, where you want to go, Essex on Coney or <laughs> Essex on Coney. Uh, tongue is something beautiful. So now I'm not, I don't personally like it, but I'm saying I've heard from people they say they like it. I'm sure it's good. David, you like tongue? Not just say exactly. Yes. Just, okay, say yes. Yes. just say yes. We need somebody to like tongue. <laughs> so I'm being who says, right? I need to give them each person their own tongue. So says, You're wasting money. You can't waste money. You know, I order the whole restaurant. What happens at the end of the day? You know, people like going to restaurants. I order this and this and this and this. They eat one bite and everything goes to the garbage. It's called Ibud Mamun. You're wasting money. The money that Hashem gave you, you're wasting it. He says, And if you want to tell me that he's doing it for their honor, Oh, you know what one cow is? One cow is a lot of meat. Something so beautiful. How Abraham Abinu's mechanics, how he thinks. How much Abraham Abinu had chesed, all these thinking about all day and all night, chesed, 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 mercy, kindness, kindness, kindness. You can't have one cow with one tongue. You know why? You take one tongue of a cow and start splitting it in half. The middle, now he's telling you how to choose a tongue from the butcher. He says, the middle piece of the tongue, and fat resides on the lower, on the bottom, on the lower tongue. I'm giving you your own tongue. You slice it up the way you want. If I give you one tongue, first of all, now you have kina, you have jealousy. Hey, I wanted that. I wanted that piece. Everybody wants the best piece, right? So they give them each one their own tongue. Why? Not to make mahlokit. Have shalom. Have chais. Look how much chaisid he was thinking. So much chaisid. Now I want to get into something a little bit deep. But stay with me. There's a pasuk that says, Kishemesh umagen Adonai Elohim. Before we said, En vechaboditten Hashem. The pasuk before that says, Kishemesh umagen Adonai Elohim. Hashem and Elohim. We know Hashem is Yud Ke Vav Ke, that's the name of mercy. Elohim is judgment, deen, or natural, the natural order of things, nature. The Pasuk says in Te'ilim, Hashem is compared to a sun and to a shield. Now don't forget, what did Hashem do in this week's parasha, in the beginning of the parasha? He takes the cover of the sun to make it very hot for people not to pass. Why did Hashem have to take the cover of the sun? Just make people not pass. You, you're, you can will everything, Hashem. It's in your hands to do everything you want. Just make it that people don't go out that day. Why do you have to take the cover of the sun? So now listen to this. This world that we live in has a huge cover upon it. And that cover is called Elohim. Elohim is Teva. Which means sometimes we see the grass grow. We see the sun shine. We see the moon come out. Sometimes we don't attribute it to Hashem. What do we say? It's a natural order of things. That's nature. The sun came out yesterday. will come out tomorrow. Forever and ever and ever for eternity. That's the way things go. So sometimes it's the Kisui. There's Elohim. There's a cover for this world. But... When a person learns Torah, 
and he does mizmor, you take, you peel off one more cover and one more cover, you start to realize, hey, this apple, it's not an apple, it's Hashem. This house, it's not a house, it's Hashem. This camera, it's not a camera, it's Hashem. It wouldn't be here if Hashem didn't want it to be here. Meaning you take the Elohim, you peel it and peel it and peel it. You peel the cover and what do you bring out? The Yud Kevavke. You bring out Hashem in the world. If the world was covered with Elohim, with Teba, with the natural way of things, with nature, you start peeling it and peeling it and peeling it. Fellas, with me. Good. You start peeling it. And, missed you. Two weeks already. With peeling it and peeling it and peeling it and you start having a ripe fruit. What's the ripe fruit? You start having the Olam, which is Yud Kevavke. Abraham Abinu Rabotai. Last week's parasha, he did Brit Milah. What's on the Brit Milah? The foreskin. The foreskin, if you want to say, it's the cover which is Elohim. Because the natural way that a person is created, is created with the foreskin. But Hashem tells Abraham Abinu, take the foreskin off and reveal me into the world. Which means, try to tell people that it's not about nature. There's no such thing as mother nature. That's something that Goyim came up with, that concept. There's no such thing as mother nature. There's no mother. It's all Hashem. It's all Abba. Abinu Sheba Shamayim. Hashem does everything. Reveal me to the world. Make people recognize me. Make people understand who I am. Take the cover off, Abraham. Like I told you to take the cover off of your Brit Milah, of the foreskin. Take the cover off and reveal me into the world. What's the Berachah we say every day in the Amidah? The first Berachah. Baruch Hashem. Magen Abraham. What does that mean, Magen Abraham? You shielded Abraham? Not only you shielded Abraham, Abraham was able to take the shield of this world and make people understand who Hashem is. That's why in this week's parasha, you know what Abraham Abinu reveals? When it says, One of the cows got uh, ran away from Abraham. He goes and follows it. He chases after it. He ends up going into why does it have to be Why does he have to reveal it on the third day of his Brit Milah and this week's parasha? Because Abraham Abinu's whole purpose in life is kindness. It's to make people know who Hashem is. You know what Ma'arat is? It's the connection between heaven and earth. It's the connection between our Olam and Gan Eden. So that's what Abraham Abinu wants to say. Hey, there's no covers in this world. It's all Hashem. There's no nature in the world. It's all Hashem. Take your superficial covers off. That's why Hashem takes the cover off the sun to tell Abraham Abinu. It's all Shem Mishum again. Hashem and Elohim is all one. The cover, the no cover, it's all Hashem. You have to reveal Hashem to the world. And that's why, what time was it? Pesach. Not what time is it now. Pesach. Why was it Pesach? Because what happens in Pesach? Pesach is when we reveal Hashem. The miracles of Hashem. What Hashem did to us in Misraim. And you were not allowed to eat Korban Pesach. Unless you had a Brit Milah. Very good, Rabbi. Why do you have to have Brit Milah to eat Korban Pesach? When you acknowledge that you have to take the covers off of this world and reveal only Hashem, there's no Elohim. When you take the cover off, now you're able to eat Korban Pesach. Now you're able to eat the, the Korban. However, and therefore, that's the reason why the Malach, before going to Sedom, he comes to Abraham Abinu first. He wants to know. You know what this Malach told Hashem when Hashem first created the world? Hashem, you're going to create a world. There's going to be people, the Sha'im in the world. Hashem, do me a favor. Don't create the world. 
Why? Why are you want to create? It's not enough. You have malachim. We're not enough for you. Hashem says because there's going to be somebody called Abraham. Because of Abraham, I'm willing to create the whole world. So the malachim go down and they say, Hashem, look at Sedom. Sedom ba'amura gehinam. Look at that. Why did you create the world? Hashem says, you know, I want you to destroy Sedom because they're a Sha'in. But before you do that, I want you to peek into Abraham Abinu's life. Look at the difference between Abraham and Sedom. And then come back to me and say, and answer the question, was it worth it to create the world or not? That's why the Malach, before destroying Sedom, had to go to see Abraham. This is how Abraham lives. Oh, this is the world. This is when a person takes the cover of the world. But Sedom did not take the cover of the world. Do you know why? Because the Pasuk in Yehazkel says, before Hashem destroyed the Beit HaMikdash, He warned the Jews, you're acting in the way of Sedom and Amorah. If you don't shape up, I will destroy the Beit HaMikdash and exile you just like I destroyed Sedom. They didn't listen to Hashem. What happened to Sedom? The Pasuk says, You know what happened to Sedom? What was their sin? What was their crime? Gaon sibat lehem b'shalvat hashket hayala b'libnoteha. They had everything going for them. They had riches. They lived in luxury. They have luxurious lives, beautiful lives. You know what the Gemara says? Masechet Sanedinta kufket kuftet. They used to put, um, they used to put their hand in the ground to take out a radish. They used to take out gold with it also. Which means Hashem gave them so much benevolence. Hashem gave them so much good. But what happens when a person has so much good? He doesn't realize that it's Hashem. It's everything right. superficial. Everything's covered. No, it's me. I'm bowing down to the, to the, to the dust of my, of my feet. He doesn't realize Hashem. That's why Hashem says, that's the difference between Sedona and Abraham. If Abraham was able to reveal me into the world, look what Sedona is doing. You know, we tend sometimes to do chesed with people that we know. Or people that we think need hesed. But for people that we don't know, we try to shy away from it. That's the difference between Abraham and Lot. What is it say by Lot? Now everybody could ask, hey, what do you want with Lot? Lot also had visitors in his tent. Yeah, but you know what the difference between Abraham and Lot is? By Abraham it says he saw them like Arabs. By Lot he saw them like angels. But who doesn't want angels in their house? Everybody wants angels in their house. He ran to greet them. Oh, angels? I want angels in the house. But Abraham Avinu, he didn't see them as angels. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Abraham Avinu see them as Arabs. Let me see you now. Are you going to greet people you don't know on the streets? Of course. Any chance I could do to bring Hashem into the world, of course I'm going to bring them. Lot, Lot will only bring Malachim into this, in his house. There's a story that was told over by Rabbi Abraham Kahan, the son of Rabbi Yom Tova Kohen Kahan. This is before World War II. He said his father had a beautiful custom. They were very wealthy. And his father, the, the custom in the shul was, every Friday night, the Anim used to come to shul. And people, the Anim would wait after shul to see who would invite them to the house. Now, usually people want Anim for right, for hospitality, to bring them into the house. But if the Anim doesn't look you know, like up to my standards. I don't know what standards Ani is, but it doesn't look up to my standards. I don't invite you to my house. If you have a putrid smell coming out from you, or if your clothes are raggedy, or if your clothes are ripped, I don't want to invite you to my house. 
So all the anim that were on hashub level, hashub ani, used to be taken to people's houses. But he said, my father used to take dafka, the people that smelled, excuse me for saying this, the people with ripped clothes, the people that nobody invited. And my mother never used to say anything, anything. They had lice. They had a, a foul order coming out from them. But my mother and father never said anything. And he says, when my father was in World War II, he was shipped to Mauthausen. One of the worst concentration camps, death camps. You should never know. Shemim, Kumdamam, all the Sadiqim that died on Kiddush Hashem. He was sent to Mauthausen. And everybody around him, left and right, was afflicted with lice. Not only lice, lice that killed a person. They all died. The only one that didn't get afflicted with lice was my father, he said. And my father always used to say over the story, tell over the story and say, Midah keneged midah. Because I didn't only do hasid with the anim that I thought, okay, yalla, he looks like a, you know, he's taking care of himself, he doesn't have ripped clothes, he doesn't have a, a smell coming out of him, let me bring him to my house. No, he used to invite people with lice and he didn't care because when it comes to doing Hashem's will, when it comes to doing kindness, we do kindness with everybody. Not only if they look like a man achim, even, I'm not telling you to invite an Arab to your house. I'm saying, that even if he looks like a person, a Yehudi, but he's not at the ma'am, as they say. He's not up to standard, up to par. Invite him to your house. You go out. But what's the difference between Abraham and Lot? Lot saw them, and then he went and, and, and invited them. Abraham Abinu is waiting outside his tent because he wants the people to come in. He didn't wait for people to come to him. He ran after people. That's the difference between do chesed with somebody. You run after chesed. And we'll end off with this. Rabbi Akiva Eger was very wealthy. He invited one time a person to his house for a Shabbat dinner. Friday night, now they're all sitting and they're eating their meal. And everybody has a glass of wine and they're drinking. This person that was invited to the rabbi's house, by mistake, he spilled his, his glass of wine. Right away, Rabbi Akiva Eger pours himself a glass of wine and making believe that he's spilling the wine, he does like this, oh, 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 the wine spilled. And he tells his wife, something's wrong with this table. It looks like this table is broken. It only has three legs. All the glasses of wine are spilling tonight. See what he did? In order not to embarrass the person. Yeah. That's hesed also. That's hesed also. How many times people come to collect money, tzedakah, and sometimes we give them, eh, we don't even look at them. You know, the, by the way, this obed abedah, lo tukhali ta'alim, it's asur, to turn a blind eye to a person. It's asur, it's alakhat, it's asur. But sometimes we don't look at them. Oh, we, no, so, uh, this is my favorite. What does a person do? He takes the sadaqah, he puts it on the table. When the ani comes, he says, why? Because God forbid for you to touch the ani's hand, right? God forbid for you to touch the poor, poor, poor person. I want to see you, God forbid, in his shoes. How much you will be humiliated to collect tzedakah. What does the person say? He doesn't need tzedakah. He's faking. He's sketching. I see the car he drives. What's the difference? You know how humiliating it is for a person to go around to collect tzedakah. I want to see you in his shoes. Yeah. To give him a quarter. To give him a ten cents. 
Be a man, be a man. Give him a dollar at least. You can't bring a dollar. We spend more money on stuyot. On lunch, we spend $15 every single day. That's, that's a salad. That's a salad. $15 said, by the way, today, $15 is a salad. But $15 we spend on lunch. And you're giving an ani $1? Sadaqah and chesed and kindness is not only inviting people to your home and giving them in their hands or giving them physically. We always explain it. Chesed is also smiling at a person, being kind to a person, listening to a person, understanding what he wants. And by the way, it starts in the home. Chesed always starts in the home. Instead of next time when your wife says, oh, you don't understand what a day today passed. What a day I had. Instead of you saying, what a day you had. Oh, let me tell you what a day I had. No. What you have to do is say, please, tell me what kind of day you had. You know, don't offer solutions. Just say, I understand, I hear, it must have been very rough for you. Okay, okay, okay. That's all you have to say. Don't say, Ah, oh, because I, I know why this happened. You have no solutions. I know why this happened. That's a side thing, by the way. I'm not a marriage counselor, but that's a side thing. People told me, and from experience, I'm sure you all know from experience, ladies don't want solutions. We have ladies here that tell you from experience, they don't want solutions. They want somebody to listen to them. Everybody wants a listening ear. That's the biggest chesed. That's what we learned from Abraham Abinu. Your whole life has to be revolved around chesed. Olam chesed dibbaneh. Olam chesed dibbaneh. Before Mashiach comes, there has to be so much abundance of chesed for Mashiach to come. And the Gemara says, In the final days of Mashiach, the last beracha will be Maget Abraham, which means reveal Hashem in the world. Take out the superficial covers. Make people understand it's only Hashem running the show. It's not the dust of your feet. It's not how many hours you put in work. It's not how many hours you leave the shul to go to work. It's only Hashem. The sooner we realize that, Hashem will send us the final redemption. Amen. Thank you for everyone that, came, that comes to Halebanon every Wednesday night, 8 p.m., the corner of Avenue East Night, to J. Richard Radio. And last but not least, Torah anytime, thank you for recording, for listening. Please download the app, follow us. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen. 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 Amen.